Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Sermon Podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. If there's one quality we all need in order to get through life, it's endurance. Here's First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun to explain. So it's the second week of Advent, and our, our theme this week is Prince of Peace. And of course, the theme of Jesus Christ is the light of the world. On March 25, 1965, Martin Luther King Jr. gave his famous address entitled, How Long? Not Long. And he gave the speech after the famous walk from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama, to peacefully demonstrate for the rights of African Americans to be treated like other Americans, to have the right to vote, the right to eat and drink in restaurants like other white folk, the right to be human. In this picture, you see King and others wearing lei that the Reverend Ibrahim Akaka, the kahu of Kavaiha'o Church, sent to them to show our solidarity with the movement. Kahu Akaka, you may not know, is the father of our own Jeff uh, Akaka, a church member, and the grandfather of Milan Akaka Manfrey. In his speech on the steps of the Montgomery State Capitol, King talked of a coming hope where justice would prevail and civil rights would be given to African Americans. And he said these words, these wonderful, poetic words. Take a listen. Somebody's asking how long will prejudice blind the visions of men? Poetic words. I come to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, Yes, sir. However frustrating the hour, it will not be long because truth crushed earth will rise again. How long, not long, because no lie can live forever. How long, not long, because you shall reap what you sow. How long, not long. Forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yes, yes, that scaffold sways the future. Yes, Behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. How long? Not long. Because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. How long? Not long. Because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampling out the vintage. Where the grapes of wrath are stored. Yes, sir. Yeah. He's loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword. Yes, his truth is marching on. Yes, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Tough morning following Selvi Simonson and Dr. King. <laughs> That was 58 years ago that Martin Luther King Jr. gave that prophetic speech, and yet African Americans are still facing prejudice today. We can ask again today, when will there be truly be justice for all? When will racial prejudice be erased? When will there be peace and not continual violence due to handguns or war? How long will it take for peace to take its place? In 2003, a journalist named Chris Hedges um, Research the last 3,400 years to see if there's any time in history where there was not a war or active conflict that claimed more than 1,000 lives. And to his surprise, he discovered that out of the 3,400 years, there were only 
268 war-free years. In other words, 93% of 3,400 years of recorded history suffered through a war. Now, thousands of years ago, the Jewish people in Israel also suffered for centuries. They were beset with wars and rumors of wars and prejudice. They were oppressed by so many people. Would there be peace? How long would they have to wait? And then along came a prophet named Isaiah who caught a glimpse of a better world. He spoke of the chosen one, the promised one, who would one day bring shalom, shalom meaning true, complete, wholeness, harmony, and health. And he would bring the restoration to a sin-sick world. And this person would bring a new earth that would transform the world we live in. This person is not just the chosen one, but his name would be the Prince of Peace. And Isaiah's speech could have been an ancient version of Martin Luther King's How Long, Not Long, saying hope is on the way. But get this. The Jews had to wait 700 years for the promised one to arrive. 700 years. And sometimes we in the 21st century can read of how Jesus is the Prince of Peace. But we don't get it. We're asking, how long? How long? But because of all the wars and violence in the world, we cannot hear God saying, not long. Due to our own personal pain, we cannot hear, not long. This Christmas, this second Sunday of Advent, we can now read the words of Isaiah, who is preaching in his own way, how long, not long, about a forthcoming Messiah. And where will this Messiah come from? What will then happen to the earth? Let's stand, if we're able, as I read these important words from the Bible and think and honor God as we hear his word as Isaiah gives his version of how long, not long. Starting with the first verse, <clears throat> chapter 11. Out of the stump of King David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. Great line. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. 
The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Isaiah's message was this. The Messiah, who we know today as Jesus Christ, is coming to earth. He is from the family of a man called Jesse, who is the father of King David. And this Messiah will be the Prince of Peace. And no matter what the odds, no matter what the challenge, he will bring peace. And this Messiah will bring peace where weapons will be turned into gardening tools, where sins will be forgiven, where true hope will spread all over the earth. There will be such a deep ocean of peace and restoration of the land and its creatures that wolves and lambs can lie together and a cow can eat grass near a bear and a calf can be with a lion and a baby can play near the home of a cobra. When Jesus arrived on Christmas, it was the beginning of the kingdom of God on this planet. But here's the question you might be asking. If Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he came about 2,000 years ago, why are there still wars? Why is there still strife? Why are the creatures and animals still at war with one another? It can be explained this way. This is the kingdom of the now and not yet, meaning we have a beginning and growing taste of what is to come, but it's all not happening yet. Yes, the kingdom of God has started since the arrival of Jesus back in 30 AD, but it's not fully here. And it's always bothered me how we can possibly be encouraged by how long, not long, when it has been centuries since racial prejudice against African Americans started, but continues to be prevalent today, even after Martin Luther King. And how many other prejudices against other peoples have continued over thousands of years. How can we be encouraged with how long, not long, when there's so much poverty and abuse and pollution with no quick solution in sight? How can we say, how long, not long, when Israelites had to wait 700 years for the Messiah to come after being told, hey, he is on his way? How can we honestly say, how long, not long, when in our own personal lives we are facing economic or medical or relationship challenges? Here is part of the answer. I've now realized that we can say not long because we are the agents who can bring health and hope and justice to the land. We need not wait to be in the Lord's service to help the hurting and the oppressed. It's not long because when we suffer, we don't have to wait centuries to experience the grace and love of God, which he freely gives daily. He's actually talking to us and and helping us daily, but we may not know it. For example, it is not long because God gave the Israelites on the long journey towards the promised land, manna, that heavenly bread, bread every day, or fowl from the air, or water from rocks to keep them keeping on. Today, it is not long for we can feel God's love from a word of counsel from a friend or the reading of scripture from the Bible or a song. However, we can forget or not be aware 
that God is sending his love constantly to us every day. It's like the story, of the, the, uh, the old story of the two teenage boys who were part of that Israelite journey in the wilderness towards the promised land. And they were talking to each other. And one says, uh, do you really think there's a loving God? Do you really think God is real, as Moses says, as they were picking up manna from the ground? And then they heard a trumpet blow. And one kid says to the other, well, let's talk about this later. The pillar of smoke is now moving. So we got to go. They forgot that the miracle of the pillar of smoke was God supernaturally leading them every day, and he sent a pillar of fire at night. I believe for those of us who are suffering every day, God does speak to us constantly to encourage us and strengthen us. We may not feel it, but it may be that our antennae and attention are not focused on him. If we are filled with the Spirit, we can feel his peace and the warmth of his love every day. Now, people might even be praying for us right now, and we don't even know it. Did you know that when you become a member, I handwrite a birthday card to each and any, every one of you 1,300 members, and I pray for you at that time? You're being prayed for, perhaps don't even know it. Today, we can experience the promised peace of the Messiah King who says to the weary in Matthew eleven twenty eight, I will give you rest. After all, Isaiah the prophet said, the Messiah will be called, and it sounds like the hallelujah chorus, he'll be called wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Ah, so he's called the prince of peace. The trouble is that we might be having a hard time receiving a Messiah who offers us peace and rest. And ironically, in the Christmas season that's supposed to be a season of peace, it can feel just the opposite. Or maybe we like the busy life, or we just can't stop being busy. As Catholic priest Ron Rollheiser uh, once wrote, there is only one addiction for which we are praised, overworking. With every other addiction, concerned others are looking to put you into a clinic or into a recovery program. But if your addiction is work, generally it's seen as a virtue. I join, I join Father Ronald Rollheiser when he says, I know what of I speak. I'm a recovering workaholic and not exactly in full sobriety at the moment. The symptoms of workaholism is we are forever short of time with too many things to do. Our days are too short. And so I ask you, whether youth or adult, what blocks our access to the Prince of Peace? It has to do with greed. Greed. How dare you talk about greed just nine days after Black Friday? Isn't that a nice thing to talk about during Christmas? Jacob Marley was greedy, Ebenezer Scrooge was greedy, and almost killed Scrooge eternally. And what if the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future were to visit us, would they find us greedy like Scrooge? But Father Ron Rollheiser would say, we have a simplistic notion of greed. When we think of a greedy person, we imagine someone who is stingy, selfish, rich in money and material things, hoarding those riches for himself. 
Wow, that does sound like Scrooge, doesn't it? But few of us fit that description. Father Ron says instead, greed in us has infinitely subtler forms, which most of us who are generous, unselfish, and not rich in money or property suffer from. And that is greed from experience, or greed for experience. Greed for life itself. And if this doesn't sound too heretical, greed even in our generosity. We are greedy to do more, even good things, in our lives than time allows. It's that pressure to do more. I worry for our youth, whether private school or public school. Some are so busy. They're trying to get good grades and do a lot of extracurricular, extracurricular activities in sports and clubs because they or their parents want them to go to the best colleges. But I fear they're building in the contours of their brain that this is how they're supposed to live for the rest of their lives as a youth, as an adult. No sleep, no rest, no white space in their calendars. And so then they'll never realize that the danger of greed for more experiences that will give them higher highs but a false sense of joy and fulfillment. I don't think Jesus, the prince, of peace was kidding when he said, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and God will give you everything you need. Author Henri Nouwen says, our packed lives often seem like overpacked suitcases bursting at the seams. In fact, we are almost always aware of being behind schedule. There's a nagging sense that there are unfinished tasks, unfulfilled promises, unrealized proposals. There's always something else we should have remembered, done, or said. There are always people we did not speak to, write to, or visit. Henri Nouwen. But actually, God didn't make a mistake in giving us an abundance of time to use. Get this. He gives us enough time to do what he asks us to do. It's just that we fill up our calendars of what we want to do, not what God is asking us to do. And sometimes we think it is unfaithful to not do what God asks us to do, but actually the surprise that it is unfaithful to do more than what God wants us to do for he gives us enough time to do what he asks of us. Sometimes we need to kill the sacred cows, kill, uh, break the cardinal rules, like in order, to I, in order to slow down, dare I say, do we have to send out Christmas cards? Is that a sin not to send out Christmas cards? For about two years, Pam and I have just been too busy to send out Christmas cards. So if you get a card from us this year, it's a miracle. <laughs> Cherish it, for you may not get another one for 10 years. You want to hear another cardinal sin of, of the chunge? We haven't bought a Christmas tree this year. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> Boo hiss. Bah humbug. For nearly all of our lives, we always bought one on Thanksgiving week, weekend. We didn't this year. 
I wonder if we'll ever have one in time for Christmas. We might have to settle for one like Charlie Brown in the Peanuts Christmas Story. Ah, yes, the famous wimpy or minimal Charlie Brown Christmas tree. You know, knowing that this part of the sermon, um, you know, I'm preaching to myself. I struggle with you on all of this, okay? And I need to balance my time way better. And this is a confession. I do way too much. And, and yes, as I said, I'm not in full sobriety at the moment of my busyness and work addiction. As Ron Rollheiser says, becoming too busy generally begins as a virtue and then often turns into vice, a subtle, a subtle greed. What was once necessary to serve others now becomes more to serve our own self-image and reputations. When we are consumed with doing work for others, we don't have time to face our own inner demons, nor the demons that need to be faced in our marriages, vocations, and relationships. We're simply too busy. But this is an addiction, the same as all other addictions, except that this particular addiction is seen as a virtue for which we are praised. Words of Father Ronald Rollheiser, a Canadian Catholic priest um, who has spoken for Hawaiian Islands Ministries. So it's Christmas, it's Advent, a season we have tried to prepare for by fasting and focusing on what is the reason for the season. It's a time when we should be celebrating and remembering the birth of Christ, the arrival of the Prince of Peace. But we're tempted to fill our calendars with busyness and reduce the peace, but then hope, I'll catch up with the peace, I'll go to one of the five Christmas Eve services, then I'll feel good again. And so as Pastor Tim and Chris and I have preached on, we need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. And for this Advent season, the beginning of December, may we focus on Christ, focus on the Prince of Peace, and ask ourselves, why is he called the Prince of Peace? How can we access, access that peace that he offers? And whatever it takes, maybe finding solace in reading the Bible more, praying more, find the Prince of Peace. And I close with this personal story. I was talking to a friend who was having a hard time sleeping. I listened to him, prayed with him over the phone, Losing sleep over anxiety is a terrible thing, um, or even nightmares. And as I often do as a pastor, I give a prescription before I hang up, not medicine, but a spiritual prescription or action item. And I suggested that he start with the very first psalm in the Bible and read as many psalms as he could right in a row. And it wasn't a trick for him to fall asleep, but to immerse himself in spiritual thoughts and in God's love, marinate his mind with the word of God before he goes to sleep. For the Psalms are often all these prayers. He tried it last week, and he loved it so much. Get this, he read all 150 Psalms at one time. And I told him, Treat it like the directions on a shampoo bottle that says you wash your hair and then repeat. Reading the Psalms works for me. This has been one of the hardest years in ministry um, for me. Really hard. And reasons of pandemic and the political environment and other issues. So recently, I sat down and I started with Psalm 1. And then before I knew it, it was time for bed. And I read 35 Psalms in a row. You don't have to read all 150 at one time. So focusing on God, 
reading so many psalms written by David, who was a macho man, a great warrior, a powerful king, who transparently wrote of his own despairs and fears and detailing his pain and yet always praising God, it ministered to me. It centered me. Jesus lived for you and died for you. Not for you to live a life without him, and certainly not for us to live anxious, busy lives without his friendship. So whatever it takes for you, reading the Psalms, praying, having good talks with friends, please center on the reason for this season. Declutter your lives. Listen for his voice. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, has been born. He lives with us today. And so maybe you don't have trouble sleeping, but perhaps you're going through a difficult time and you wonder, how much longer must I suffer? And I would say, how long? Not long. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then, look for it. This shall be a sign for you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a Bethlehem manger. It's Jesus. The Messiah has come, and he is the Prince of Peace. Amen? Amen. Amen. Join me in prayer. Lord, first of all, forgive us that sometimes we're deaf ears to your constantly loving us and giving us your help. But thank you that you always forgive us. But Lord, may this be a day that we might dedicate, especially this Advent season, to focus in on you and worship you, center in on you and your words that we might truly know you as friend and Lord and Savior, the Prince of Peace. In Christ's name, amen. Great worshiping with you. Um, thank you for the team of volunteers, for their ushering or tech team and hospitality uh, who have served us all this morning and week. Um, just wanted to remind you that for those of you who want prayer online, just hit that button um, and uh, someone will pray with you. And we have a prayer corner back there for those who have anything emotional, spiritual, or physical you might want prayer for. I hope you follow each other to our Hebrews espresso bar in the other wing and have some coffee, spend time with one another, and uh, join us for the 30-minute prayer gathering in the Mauka Room at 9.15, as this is a theme of the whole advent of uh, praying together, and please join us for that. And then today, we have Ozone, Ohana Zone, after each worship service, so you go to Honey's for free hot dogs and fun conversations, and then you can go out... Um, and there's a cookie decorating party downstairs. Uh, so whether you're a kid or not, that'll be a lot of fun. So please receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your heart the wonderful love and peace of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. amen. God bless you all, those online. Aloha, ahui ho. See you next week. Bye-bye. We all need to endure life. 
but not long. In the meantime, we wait, unhurried, being agents for the Prince of Peace. If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, please visit our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Prez sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. Join First Prez for church. Come on down. We meet in person and online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus, 10 a.m. at The Vine in Kaka'ako, or online through our websites. And remember, when you visit the website, check out the news page to keep up with everything that's happening at First Prez. You can also sign up for emails, listen to or watch sermons, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Prez can do for you, reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.